This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Let me start out tonight by giving a shout-out to longtime listener Jane Connolly. I recall from various notes she's passed along to me that she's a fan of Fibber McGee and Molly, along with several other favorites here on Theater of the Mind. Well, Jane, at the half hour, you should be smiling, because Fibber and the rest of the gang will show up to entertain. But first, we have to mount up and ride back to 1940 for another adventure with Hopalong Cassidy and his sidekick, California. Hoppy, played by William Boyd, as he had in the movies featuring the character, one critic wrote, Boyd had one of radio's perfect voices. His voice could do anything. Comfort a bereaved widow one moment, scare the boots off her husband's killer the next. It was strong, virile, and straight to the point. And that hoppy belly laugh became famous too, didn't it? It was one of his trademarks. In 1948, a Hop Cassidy television series began, first shown on KTLA in Los Angeles, California. Andy Clyde, the guy who played California, the resident old coot sidekick, uh, had his same role in the radio program as on TV. I decided to do a further study on Andy Clyde, and gee, you know what? I'm glad I did. Since he's heavily featured in tonight's episode, Andrew Allen Clyde was a Scottish-born American film and television actor whose career spanned more than four decades. In 1921, he broke into silent films as a Max Sennett comic, and although Andy Clyde's movie career spanned 45 years, he may be best known for his work as California Carlson in the Hopalong Cassidy movie series. Clyde's mastery of makeup allowed him tremendous versatility. He could play everything from grubby old gutter snipes to old crackpot scientists. He hit upon an old man characterization in his short comedies, and the masquerade was immediately successful. Adopting a gray wig and mustache, he used this makeup for the rest of his short subject career. And the character was so durable, he literally grew into it. Unlike many of the Columbia short subject comedians who indulged in broad facial and physical uh, gestures, Clyde was more subtle and more economical. His comic timing was so good that he could merely lift an eyebrow, shudder slightly, or mutter, my, 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 for humorous effect. Well, let's hear how he sounds in tonight's episode entitled, Shell Game. It's Hopalong Cassidy. With action and suspense, out of the Old West comes the most famous hero of them all, Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd. The ring of the silver spurs heralds the most amazing man ever to ride the prairies of the early West, Hopalong Cassidy. This famous hero thrills his 60 million fans with action and dangerous adventure. In the role of Hopalong Cassidy is the popular star of the motion picture series, 
William Boyd. And now, another exciting story of the early West. The Shell Game. The hoofbeats of Hoppy's horse at the moment are ringing on the cobblestones along the waterfront of no less a place than old New York City. Longshoremen turn and stare at the unusual sight of Hoppy in California in their gala silver-studded rodeo shafts, riding down the broad, dirty street, studying the warehouse fronts as they ride along. Our train heads west in less than two hours, California. We haven't much time to be paying social calls on your old girlfriend. Doggone it, Hoppy. The address she gave me is right on this here block. Oh, but that was two years ago. Maybe this business Lil inherited from her uncle folded up or moved. Sounds like shooting back among those docks. Oh, that hash knife, Lil. She always was kind of soft on me. <laughs> oh, she was a little shy, but mighty loving me, Dale. Yeah. Wait. Oh, what is it? There on the corner, that plate glass window. You read those words through the dust? It's a Carver Trading Company. That's it. That's <laughs> Lil Carver's warehouse. Come on. <laughs> Like the place is closed. Now it's open. Yeah, looks like the place is empty. No, but it's gonna be in just a minute. I'm closing up. Come back to my great youngster's food. Hash my wheel. California cows and why you bow like an old maverick. Great day, am I glad to see you, <laughs> Lil. You're a sight for sore eyes. You remember Hoppy? Hi, Lil. Do I remember Hoppy? The most famous cow wrangler in the whole dead burn country. Ah, take it easy, Lil. When it comes to fame, they still talk about you and Mescalero. Yeah, them sourdough flapjacks you used to make at One-Eyed Joe's hash house. And that trite's too old boy. <laughs> the boys all felt that a woman like you should get her face on paper money like a president. <laughs> My face, a woman like me would rather get her hands on it. From the looks of all this stuff you got piled up around here, you ain't doing too bad. Uh, it's a living. But there have been times I'd have traded it all for just one evening's walking hand in hand with you under that Texas moon, honey boy. Oh, Lil. Come here, California. You ain't kissed me. Yet. No, wait, Lil. Take it easy. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> 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 ah, sounds like that kiss came complete with fireworks. Come on, straighten up, honey boy. Stop buckling at the knees. That was just a sample. Now, if I really kissed <laughs> No, 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 no. Give me time, Lil. I, I, I ain't caught my breath. <laughs> I didn't know folks were so free with their gunplay in New York, Lil. They ain't. It must be cops after one of them waterfront gangs. Oh, well, like I always say, the only reason folks don't mind their business is they haven't any mind or they haven't any business. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to my office instead. I already sent my help home. We'll be able to chew the fat without the usual racket. I'd better phone Fu Chow and tell him to set a couple extra places for supper tonight. Well, uh, that's mighty nice of you, but we're leaving in less than two hours. Our train is... Oh, what? We've been with the Great West Rodeo at Madison Square Garden. Show closed today. Great day. Why doesn't somebody tell me these things? Oh, we would have called on you before, but... but, but, but Get away uh, from uh, that uh, pepper. Uh, 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 <laughs> oh, watch it, California, honey. I just ground up a sample from this uh, hundredweight of black pepper. Boy, yeah. Uh, you, you sell that stuff, too? Well, I buy and sell just about everything, honey boy. <laughs> from the looks of the stuff you got piled up here, I can believe it. Now, this pepper just arrived from Shanghai aboard the freighter Diomede. Hold out your hand, Hoppy, and I'll pour you a sample. 
I want you to smell what real pepper's like. Now, wait a minute. Wait, you don't have to pour that whole sack into my hand. There. You can tell it's fresh, by the way. Watch it, California. Watch it. My, my nose ain't the same since I once had it broken in two places. You should keep it out of those places. <laughs> I always say a nose should be seen and not heard. Uh, I'll move back a bit. Then we are. Where did you come from? Put down that. Don't gun. move. Don't move and I'll shoot. A couple of hours before they're due to catch a train out of New York, heading back west with their rodeo show, Hoppy in California visit one of California's old girlfriends, Hashknife Little Carver, who now runs a warehouse on the waterfront. While showing Hoppy a sample of a new shipment of pepper, they're held up by a skinny little gunman with an English accent. He orders Lil into a storeroom. Get inside. Quick. Do as he says, Lil. Keep your hands up, you. You touch that lady, a yellow coyote, and... Shut up, California. Easy with that gun, mister. The way you're shaking, it's loud to go off. I'm going to follow that woman into that room. If the police come, send him away. If I hear him coming toward the door, I'll kill your fat lady friend. Why, you... Hey, none of that. So help me, I... All right. I'm going to cross over to that room. I want you two blithers to look natural-like when the bobbies get here. Know your hands. Wait. What you got in that end? Oh, nothing but a handful of pepper. Oh, my eyes! He's blinded. Get him! Get him. Oh. Good work, Hoppy. Hoppy! Hoppy, you're... You're hit! That blood! Lil! Let call me. He's getting up. California, grab him. Come on. We'll get him. Wait, wait. Stop. The police. Hold it, California. He's running into a police trap. No. Look, he's heading toward those ducks. They're going to shoot. Oh, we got him. Yeah, look, he's all over there. What happened? Hoppy, California. Where is he? Where's that polecat? Lying over there by the docks, Lil. The police just shot him dead. Well, California's sure taking a long time talking to that police sergeant out front. Oh, still, I gotta get this bandage fastened. My ribs were only grazed, Lil, not ventilated. You're wrapping me up like a mummy. Oh, here comes the honey boy now. California, you find out who that gunman was? Uh, that uh, police feller said he, he was a smuggler. Smuggler? Yep, name of English Eddie. Uh, the police at Hong Kong cabled the New York lawmen to be on the lookout for him. He was stowing away on some freighter, they thought, and, and sure enough, they find him on this here ship, the Diomede. The Diomede? Yep, but he gave him a slip. That is, until he run into us. Well, what was he smuggling? Well, I don't know. The police sergeant said something about him running a thing called uh, the Duke Export Company in Hong Kong. What? Yeah, but it seems uh, that was just a blind. He disappeared from Hong Kong, and, well, you know the rest of it. What's the matter, Lil? Well, nothing, Hoppy, except that I was planning to bid on a shipment of stuff tomorrow morning that was putting up at auction for freight charges. A shipment of abalone shells sent by the Duke Export Company of Hong Kong. That's mighty interesting. Who were they shipped to? Well, some hombre who never even showed up. Name of Simon Turner. Abalone uh, shells? Abalone. <laughs> You're such an ignorant baboon, honey boy. 
If I uh, can get them cheap enough, I can make a profit on them. Cotton factories use them. Well, what would a smuggler be doing shipping in the baloney shells? Let the police worry about that. We'll be aboard that train heading back home in just 30 minutes from now. Yeah, I got news for you, Hoppy. What? That police sergeant says we got up here at the investigation over at headquarters tonight. Oh, no. Oh, what are you worrying about? I can put you both up at my place. I got plenty of room. I was sorry we had to miss our train yesterday, Lil, but after tasting these flapjacks, I'd say it was worth it. This is the best breakfast since we hit New York. You just shut a mouthful of them. I sure hate to leave. <laughs> Better write down the address in the apartment here in California so you can write Lil direct when you get back to Bar 20. Yeah, yeah. Good idea. Got a pencil? Yeah. Right here in my pocket. Are you... Hmm, that's funny. Oh, shucks. What is it, honey boy? Oh, these cartridges I took from that hombre's gun yesterday. Yeah. I forgot to give them to the police when we give them the gun. Well, I reckon Lil can take care of that. Be glad to, Hoppy. I'll gather them off the table here for you. Say, hmm, what's the matter? Nothing especially, just this cartridge. Light. I don't think there's any powder in it. The lid is loose, too. I think, yeah, I can pull it out with my fingers. Uh, look, it is empty. Yeah? Hey, wait a minute. What is it, Hoppy? There's something inside the case, a rolled-up piece of paper. Okay, can you get it out? Just a minute. There. Why would that buzzard load his gun with a dummy cartridge? Probably got it mixed up with his regular ammunition. There's writing on this bit of paper. Yeah, yeah I see. Well, what does it say, Hoppy? Uh, can't make it out. There's three words. Black Cat Salem. Hmm? What in tarnation? I don't know. Well, let the police worry about it. Here, Leo, you take it. Give it to them, will you? Sure thing, Hoppy. Oh, great jumping bullfrogs, look at that clock. I gotta get down to the pier. That auction starts in 20 minutes. Say, you two got nothing to do till trading time. Why don't you come on down with me to the auction? Hey, that's a rip-snorting idea. Be glad to go with you, Lil. <laughs> Two and a half tons of fine oriental abalone shell with high mother of pearl content. All right, folks, who we'll open up? Two and a half tons of ten dollars? Ten dollars. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Why, a fraction of their shipping cost. Come, come, folks. Looks like that fat old hombre in the yawning suit wants them too, Lil. Do I hear sixty dollars? Sixty dollars. That's telling them. Sixty dollars I hear. One hundred. One hundred dollars. The gentleman said one hundred dollars. What's that old goat wanting for? One hundred and fifty. I hear one hundred and fifty dollars. Two hundred. They ain't worth it. Two hundred and fifty. That'll stop him. The lady with a green ostrich feather in her hat says two hundred and fifty dollars. Going. Three hundred. Three hundred and fifty and they ain't worth it. Easy, Lil. Four hundred. Five hundred. Lil, no. You can't lick us. Five hundred. Five. Do I hear more? Do you accept my check? Sorry, mister. The rules call for spot cash. The bid is $500 cash. Going, going. Gold to the lady with a green ostrich feather for $500. 
Sure was sweet of you in California to help me load all them shells and store them away here in the warehouse, Hoppy. That was some job. We were glad to do it. A big wagon pulled up in front. And guess who's getting off with two tough-looking numbers? We haven't got time for guessing games, California. Our train leaves in an hour. We better collect our guns it's and... It's fact, boy. What? That dude in the sailor sombrero who rode again you in the auction. He's coming in. Uh, good afternoon. I was hoping I'd get you in before you close for the day. Well, we're just about to. <laughs> uh, I see. I suppose you've been busy examining those high-priced abalone shells, eh? Do you think there was it? I don't know. We haven't opened the crates yet. You haven't, eh? Uh, Mrs. Carver, I'm Dr. Sidney Trotter of the Trotter Laboratories. This is my assistant, Willie. Frankly, I was quite bewildered as to why you should be willing to pay so fantastic a sum for those shells. You seem to be willing to pay even more. Ah, but my dear sir, for me they have a remarkable value. The unique balance of calcium carbonate in the South China Sea abalone shell gives it a great advantage for certain medicinal experiments being conducted by my laboratory. So? Mrs. Carver, I'll pay you $600 cash for those shells. Oh, good. My wagon is outside and my men are waiting. Willie? You and Oscar... Now pull up there, Doctor. We just spent the whole darn day storing the stuff away. Now, these boys got to catch a train. Won't tomorrow do? Uh, I'm afraid not. My experiments cannot wait. Besides, my men can handle it by themselves. They don't need any help from your assistance. Well, the point is, my friend, I'm closing up and tomorrow will have to do. Uh, you distress me, madam. Will you? They refuse to make delivery. Maybe this changes their mind. With a gun like that looking me in the face, I could change anything. Except my opinion of you, Willie. <laughs> keep your opinions. All we want are the shells. All right. Into that back office, gentlemen. And, uh, shall I say, lady... California and Lil are held up by a so-called Dr. Sidney Trotter. After tying the three of them up in Lil's office, Trotter and his two thugs take Lil's crates of abalone shells and drive away. Darkness has fallen as Hoppy finally gnaws through the rope around Lil's wrist, enabling her to reach for some shears on her desk and cut them loose. There. Okay, Hoppy. Thanks. Where are our guns? On top of that cabinet. Uh, hold down that six-gun off the wall while you're about it. There. Get up, California. Hey, you bet. Here. What do you want with a gun, Lil? I'm going after those road agents. That's what I want with a gun. Now, hold on. But you ain't got no horse. I got a whole darn stable full of horses. And if they can haul dray wagons and beer trucks, I reckon they won't have any trouble toting Lil Carver Bear back. Let's go. <laughs> What about our train? We missed it an hour ago. Don't go on them horse-grown streetcars. Out of the way. Take it easy, Lil. Let's use our heads. Pull up here. We'll never get anywhere riding around the night like this. We've lost them. Dad, Bernard, Hoppy, I'll catch them wall-eyed coyotes if it's the last thing I ever do. Let's find the shipping officer to put on that auction this afternoon. 
Maybe the auctioneer knows our fat friend, Dr. Trotter. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go! Did you find that auctioneer in the shipping office? Yeah, he says he never saw Trotter before and doesn't know who he is. Lil, I've been thinking. Those shells were shipped by the Duke Export Company. In other words, by English Eddie, who stowed away on the same ship with him. He addressed them to some hombre who apparently doesn't even exist, named Simon Turner. Now, why would English Eddie want to fool with a Mr. Babylonian shell? Could be the captain of the Diamede might give us a clue. The captain of the who? The ship that brought those shells over from China. The fellow at the shipping office said the captain is living aboard while she's in port. Come on, Topper. Mighty nice of you to go to all this trouble, Captain, taking us down the ship's hold. I'm glad to be of any assistance, Mr. Cassidy. Is this where you found the uh, Ingleshetty hiding out? Yes, sir. Yeah, man, crates of shells and other cargo. He got away from my men when we first discovered him after arriving in New York. Left in such a hurry, he got to take his coat. Funny thing, filled his pockets with abalone shells. Oh, what happened to him? Those shells in his pockets. Oh, I tossed them back into the crates. He'd opened a number of crates and shells were scattered everywhere. Well, what'd he do that for? Search me. Probably never would have been caught if he hadn't come back to the ship. Day after we docked and trying to get back down in the hold. Don't ask me why. Police had been alerted by then, of course, and, well, you know the rest of it. Yeah. I see your men didn't quite clean up all those shells off the floor. Where? Over there. What's under those pipes of the wall near the floor? Why, it looks like there's a couple of dozen jammed under there. Let's have a look. I'd like to examine a few of those shells. They sure are big, ain't they? Yeah. A lot heavier than they ought to be. Look here, Lil. What? Under here, where the edge of the shell curves inward. Hey, looks like it's been filled with some kind of cement. Exactly. Captain, if you don't mind, have you got a little hammer I could borrow? That ship's captain has already notified the police, so why are we still galloping through the night? And if those polecats are going to be caught, we got to catch them while the trail's still hot. Oh, what trail? You remember that piece of paper we found in that empty cartridge case from English Eddie's gun? Yeah, it said Black Cat Salem. Couldn't that be the name of a ship? The Black Cat out of Salem? Hoppy, in my business, I know just about every ship that ever comes in and out of New York. And there ain't no Black Cat. But it could be a smaller vessel. Well, most of the small fry dock over on the Sound or over on Sheep's Head Bay off Brooklyn. Well, why the... Wait a minute. I just thought of something. There's a street, a Salem Street, in Brooklyn, running right down to Sheep's Head Bay with a pier at that end. Well, come on. Let's give it a whirl. <laughs> Well, this is it. Salem Street here and nary a boat in sight. Hold it. Over there in the moonlight. Fat boy's wagon. Sure is. But, but, but there ain't nothing in it. Where do you suppose they took them shells? Wherever they took the boat. Well, what boat? Take a look at that sign on that post. 
You can read it right well in this bright moonlight. Yeah, Black Cat. Daily fishing parties, Captain Willie Aldig. Willie! That big baboon who was with Crowder. That sea's like glass. You can still see the wake their boat left when they sailed out of here. We can follow it like a trail. Hey, there's some lights over there, a boathouse. We could rent us a boat. Yeah, I think we'll catch them yet. Come on. This wake we're found is getting brighter and heavier. It won't be long now. Oh, I hope not. Oh, my stomach's beginning to back up and turn around. Try to hold out, California. Oh, I aim to climb aboard, Hoppy. We'll run this thing close under a stern, and California now grab the lifeboat and climb aboard. Oh, what about me? I'll be looting this out on all the fun. You go back and call the police. I want to turn those hombres over to somebody when we bring them back. Oh, hey, am I seeing things, or, or are them lights ahead? Yeah. It's their boat, all right. Dead ahead. The black cat. I only hope the sound of the engine will drown out our motor. All right. Get set, California. Okay. Grab for that light, Bowser. We pass under. Jump! Found it, Willie. There must have been another crate. But, Mr. Trotter, you yourself point them out to us. We take every crate you say. Maybe English Eddie make a mistake. Impossible. English Eddie never made those kind of mistakes. Would he write me he was enclosing diamonds in 20 shells and then send only five? But do not blame me. I told you to put in a claim for the shipment before it was actioned off. Oh, you incredible blockhead. I should tell him, I suppose, that Eddie Duke and I did business together. With him wanted by the police of three continents. That's all I had to do to put us all behind bars. But I tell oh, you... shut up. Either you lost a crate off the wagon or... Or our enterprising lady friend, Mrs. Carver, lied when she said she hadn't opened those crates. That is it. She lied. She took those shares. Uh, perhaps. Well, we'll ask her to turn back. I'm afraid we'll have to pay Mrs. Carver another visit, Willie. Tonight. Can I spare you the trouble? Oh, you. Steady, Willie. Don't try reaching for that shooting iron. You too, Dr. Trotter. How did you get aboard? Does it matter? Nice little assortment of diamonds you have there on the table. Quite a mess of broken shells, I noticed. I have a few diamonds myself to match yours, Doctor. In fact, a whole pocket full. Here. Are these what you're looking for? Well, you, you, you did find them. With the cooperation of the late English Eddie Duke. You see, he laid the Messiah in the hole of the Diomede for his own use in America. Scoundrel. Only it wasn't America he ended up in, but in another place where he doesn't need his diamonds. And neither will you, gentlemen, where you're going. Tell you, California, there's nothing like stretching out in the hay in an old-fashioned horse car heading back to God's country. Except maybe the way you make trouble pay off. Huh? What do you mean? Well, look at the trains we missed. And, and getting ourselves nearly shot and drowned and, and half dead of seasickness. <laughs> and in the end, what happened? The government pays us a hat full of money for our half of the fine they slapped on them smugglers. Well, it isn't that I go around looking for trouble. 
Wish I had a chance to shed it all at once, like you. Like me? What are you talking about? Lil, she's mighty sweet on you. You'd have stayed behind and married her. Your troubles would have been over for life. Oh, I just reckon I ain't a marrying man, Hoppy. No, sir. Marriage ain't for California Carlson. Ah, marriage is a great institution. Well, if it's so great, why ain't you ever married? Well, California, I'll tell you. Hmm? It just doesn't seem to me I'm ready for an institution. Oh, you ain't? Oh, shucks! <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye from Hoppy in California. We'll be back soon, and of course, we hope you'll be with us. Hopalong Cassidy, starring William Boyd, is transcribed and produced in the West by Walter White, Jr. The Shell Game was written by Irvin Ashkenazi. All stories are based upon the characters created by Clarence E. Mulford. This is a Commodore production. Stay tuned for Fibber McGee and Molly next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Fibber McGee and Molly. The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Company with Jim Jordan as Fibber, Donald Novis, The Four Notes, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with I Gotta Get Some Shut-Eye. that announcement of interest to every housewife. The sponsors of this program are making you a real bargain offer. For a limited time only, you can buy Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat in special giant-sized cans for the same price you usually pay for the regular pound and pint sizes. These big cans are one-third larger, giving you one-third more wax or glow coat at no extra cost. Now, the supply of these special giant-sized cans is limited. So to avoid disappointment, we urge you to go to your dealer in the morning or phone him and buy several cans of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat at this money-saving price. House-cleaning days are near at hand, and you'll certainly want to have both wax and glow coat ready for convenient use. So get a supply now while you're offered one-third more for your money. These special giant-sized cans are on sale at hardware, grocery, paint, drug, and department stores. See your dealer tomorrow without fail.
Carl Fibber's memory has been getting very bad. Though we don't know why it should disturb him, as he's done nothing worth remembering. However, he's decided to take the famous Gildersleeve memory course. And here, talking to the Gildersleeve representative who has just delivered the sample lessons, we find Fibber zing went the string on my finger, McGee. You say this here course is bound to give me results, eh, bud? Oh, it certainly will, McGee. I'm a Gildersleeve graduate myself, and I know. Oh, you are, eh? By the way, what was your name again? It slipped my mind. Uh, Dalrymple. Cyrus L. Dalrymple. <laughs> well, look, Cy. Uh, just what is the principle of the Gildersleeve memory course? In one word, association. Association. Linking words and ideas. Mm -hmm. For instance, you meet a man named Pike. Okay, where do I meet him and what time? Uh, I'll, I'll wear a red carnation, so he... No, 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 no. This is just for instance. Oh, I catch on to it. Now then, McGee, you meet this man, Pike. And what do you associate the word Pike with? Fish. Very good. <laughs> now then, every time you meet this man, your mind produces the mental image of a fish. So how would you greet him? I'd say, hi, walleye. <laughs> No, no, his name is Fish uh, No, that isn't it either Well, anyway, you get the idea, McGee Now, what is my name? Your name? You got a bad memory, too? <laughs> come, come, I know my name, of course But do you know it? I told you less than a minute ago Well, let me think Chuck's can you beat that Well, of course, I ain't started the lessons yet, bud <laughs> Now, turn your back to me a minute Huh? That's it One, two, three Okay, turn around all right. Yep, I remember your face. <laughs> that ain't bad for a start, is it? Now listen, McGee. My name is Dalrymple, Cyrus L. Dalrymple. Now then, what do you associate with the word Cyrus? A slingshot. A slingshot. <laughs> a slingshot? Yep. For goodness sake, why? Well, I had a cousin named Cyrus, and when we was kids, he hit me with a slingshot right behind the barn. <laughs> Well, all right, if that's what you associate it with. Now, uh, what does Dalrymple recall to you? A slingshot. Again? Why, certainly, Dalrymple makes me think of Cyrus, and Cyrus makes me remember the slingshot. No. <laughs> Say, I think I'm beginning to catch on to this here stuff, bud. You leave them sample lessons here, and if I like them, I'll take the complete course. Splendid, splendid. <laughs> and when you complete this course, mark my words, your memory will be just as good as mine. Well, goodbye, McGee. Good day, slingshot. Uh, <laughs> Dalrymple? Oh, yes. Slingshot L. Dalrymple. No. Hey, Buck. Uh, yes? You forgot your hat. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Good day. Oh, well, I suppose even Einstein gets his check stubs balled up now and then. Now, let's see these lessons. Hmm. Everyone is born with a good memory. Oh, yeah. When you dream of falling, that is a racial memory. You are remembering something that happened when our ancestors were leaping from limb to limb of the trees. I wonder what he means by that. I need a tree surgeon in my whole family. So long. Or no. Forgot again. Come in. Oh, man, I'm so glad to find you at home. Hi, Uppy. What's on your mind? Um, tell me, Mr. McGee, are we, uh, are we alone? Are we alone? <laughs> well, 
Why, Abigail, I didn't know you cared. <laughs> Why, please, Miss McGee, I wasn't speaking from a romantic point of view. Oh, my... <laughs> oh, you silly boy. <laughs> well, now, seriously, can anyone overhear us? <laughs> Either way I answer up, you or Johnson's wax is going to be unhappy. <laughs> I hope we're being overheard. Folks, don't listen for a minute. Uppy's got something confidential she wants to tell me. Go ahead, Uppy, quick. Well, uh, possibly you know, Mr. McGee, that I own the famous 10-carat Rajah diamond, and I was too late to get it back to the bank vault before it closed today, and I'm simply terrified to keep it at my home overnight. Would you keep it for me, please? Oh, now, wait a minute, Uppy. Am I the only one you can trust with it? Well, no, no, not exactly, Mr. McGee. Dear Horatio, offered to sit up all night and guard it. Oh, <laughs> oh but I couldn't have the poor boy losing his sleep. <laughs> Say, don't let that guy guard no diamonds, Uppy. His old man was a crook, and he's a jip off the old block. <laughs> now, please, Mr. McGee. Horatio always speaks well of you. Horatio K. Puma speaks well of me? <laughs> Actor. <laughs> Why, of course he does. Why, only last night he was saying that if you and he were lost in the woods with only a knife between you, he'd let you have it. <laughs> now, I thought that was very noble of him, really. <laughs> I think I get the point, Uppy. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, here's the diamond, Mr. McGee, and thank you so very much for keeping it for me. Well, good night. Good night. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Look at that diamond. What a hunk of ice. <laughs> Looks like Sonia Henney's backyard. Uh-oh, I better hide it quick. Where'll I put it? Uh-oh, I'll drop it in this glass of water. They'll think it's an ice cube. Huh, it's a good thing I thought of that. Come in. Hello, Fibber. Say, do you remember the song you asked Don Novus to sing? No, I don't, Billy. My memory's terrible. What was it? I found a million-dollar baby in the five-and-ten-cent store. Did I ask for that? Is he going to sing it? No, we didn't think it would be good judgment during income tax week. (laughs) What's he going to sing, then? Penny Serenade. Oh, well, that's quite a discount. (laughs) Go ahead, Billy. Folks, Don Novus singing Penny Serenade. Take it, the kid. Once I strayed neath the window of a lovely, lovely lady, and she smiled while I softly played my penny serenade. can hear it for a penny, see, 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 just a penny serenade, in her eyes shone the tender dawn of love and sweet surrender, as for me, in my heart I played a lover's serenade. For a penny, see, 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 just a penny serenade in a 
a dream so divine she was mine, no word had been spoken. When I woke from my dream she was gone, my poor heart was broken. Still I pray that wherever she may be, she will remember in her heart. She will always hear my penny serenade. can hear it for a penny. See, see, see. Just a penny serenade. Just a penny serenade. Just a penny serenade. Folks, that was a charming little copperetta entitled Penny Serenade. Beautifully sung by Donald Duck. Or no. Donald Novus. That rat my memory. Better get busy and study my lessons. Guess I better lock the doors and windows if I'm going to study with a 10-carat diamond in the house. Anybody? Hello there, Johnny! Remember me? <laughs> yes, I remember you. <laughs> You're old Addison Sims of Seattle. <laughs> How'd that big deal in Peruvian peanut butter turn out? Or was the issue spread too thin? Hey! <laughs> Never mind, I was just practicing my memory course. Matter, Johnny? Getting kind of forgetful? Always been forgetful, old-timer. Why, even when I was a kid in college, I was the despair of old Professor Knott. So just to please him, I left school. Saying as I departed, I'm sorry I can't remember things, so just try and forget me, Knott. <laughs> Forget me not, McGee I was known as in them days Me? <laughs> Forget me not, McGee Frankly, a fearful flop At taking a friendly familiarity With folks' faces Frequently frightened That my family would find My faculty for flip flights Of fancy was a false front Forever fumbling for a formula To facilitate the free flow Of faultless phrases And finding a fleeting flame As the forgetfulness fellow Who ever foozled his facts and figures From the frigid fields Of the far-flung north To the flooded flats Of the front of the <laughs> Nude Ranch, eh? No wonder they're holding that fair on island. 
Everybody, everybody wants to land in a seaplane. <laughs> wow. Now, let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah, lesson number three. Visualize your thoughts. Form mental pictures and by association... Hello there, Fibber. Oh, hi there. No, no, wait a minute. Your name is right on the tip of my tongue. Say, what is this? You know my name. <laughs> sure I do, but let me think of it myself. I can recall it by association. <laughs> He's got something to do with floors. He sells something that prevents scratches, scars, and marks. Marks. Harpo marks. Harpo Wilcox. Hi, Harpo. <laughs> Say, will you talk sense? What's this all about? I'm taking a memory course, Harpo. Wonderful, too. See how easy I remembered your name with just a little effort? Well, the lessons haven't done you much good so far. Here, let me test it a little further. Okay. Now, what have I said ever since we've been on the air? About our product. About our product. Well, let me think. I know it was something favorable. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you usually say something about how, uh... How is it to use? Watch your grammar there, Harpo. <laughs> You mean, how is it to you? No, no, to use, U-S-E. Oh, well, let me think. I believe you always say something kind of childish about that there. No, I don't either. I say that glow coat is so easy to use that a child can apply it. Now, what do I say about there being no need for so-and-so and so-and-so? Which two so-and-sos you mean, Mills and Novus? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, where I say there is absolutely no blank or blank. No rubbing or buffing. Right? Correct. Uh -huh. Now, fill in these blanks. Just spread a little... Sweetness and light? No, no, no. Glow coat. Just spread a little glow coat on the floor, all linoleum, with the long-handled... Frying pan? No. The long-handled applier. Then wait. How many minutes? Oh, what's the difference? I ain't in no hurry. Twenty minutes. Only twenty minutes till the glow coat dries to a beautiful... Beautiful what? Housewife? <laughs> no, no, no. It dries to a beautiful mirror-like what? Let me think. Dries to a beautiful mirror-like, uh... Finish. Well, I'm trying to if you'll leave me alone. <laughs> beautiful mirror-like, uh... Finish! Dad Rattit, quit nagging at me. <laughs> I nearly had it there once. <laughs> oh, shucks, I give up. So do I. Goodbye. I hope the sponsor didn't notice he went out without giving his sales talk. <laughs> now, let's see. Lesson number three. Names of objects may often be associated with... Hey, what was that noise? Who's there? Nobody! Thank goodness for that. <laughs> yes, I'm just nervous. Having that big diamond in the house, and they say there's a bunch of crooks in town, too. Uh-oh. Sneak thieves. <laughs> Who is it? You're right, it's a burglar. <laughs> a robber. <laughs> that makes the dad rather much noise. What you trying to do, make me conspicuous? Yeah, I've got you covered. I've got you covered. No monkey business, Al. Raise your hands. This is a stick-up. Did you say stick up or hiccup? Come on, get your hands, get your hands, get your hands, stick them up. 
Okay, but if you keep jerking like that, be careful. That gun might go off. Oh, no, it won't. I got the... I got the, I got the safety catch on. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you think? Well, don't you know? Well, I'm not positive. 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 I'm not sure. Say, are you familiar with... Familiar with firearms? Well, yeah, fairly. Give me that gun and I'll tell you if you got the safety catch on. Well, uh, you promise, promise to give it right back? <laughs> oh, certainly. What do I want with it? You're the burglar. <laughs> well, that's logic. 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 Yeah, that's right. Here. Take a look. Well, the safety catch is on, bud, but what you got that cork stuck in the end of the barrel for? Oh, uh, that, that's a, a silencer. <laughs> All right, hand over the Roger Diamond. Oh, I won't never do no such a thing. I ain't got no diamond here. Now, you go away. I got some studying to do. Say, what's the matter with you? You aren't even frightened. You aren't even frightened. 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 Scared. <laughs> of course I ain't. I'd be silly to get scared with my memory. The minute you leave, I will have forgotten all about it. Incidentally, you better do something about them hiccups, bud. How'd you get them? Oh, my kid brother. He gave them to me. Oh. Are they contagious? Oh, no. But but he put some Mexican jumping beans with my bicarbonate soda mint tablets. Well, I'll be gone. Good night. Good night. Good night. So long. Way that guy jerks, he could get a job as a chauffeur on a pogo stick. Well, folks, while I study up on my memory course, Billy Mills will accompany the four notes singing, uh, singing... Oh, shucks, there I go again. Hey, Billy, I forgot the number. Good heavens. Oh, yes. The four notes singing Blue Skies. <laughs> Take it, kids. Blue skies smiling at me. Nothing but blue skies do I see. Bluebirds singing a song. But bluebirds all day long, oh, oh, oh. Never saw the sun shining so bright. Never saw things going so right. Noticing the days hurrying by. When you're in love, my, how they fly. Blue days, all of them gone. Nothing but blue sky from now on. I was blue, blue as I could be. singing like that, I'll have to raise your salaries if I didn't have such a terrible memory for little things like that. that. Now, let's see. I better check up and see if that diamond is still in that glass of water. Yep. At least I remembered where that was. Now for lesson number five. 
when hearing a stranger's name for the first time. Oh, there. Good evening, Pivot 2. <laughs> oh, hi, Boomer. What can I do for you before you do me for something? I come on an errand of mercy, Scatterskull. Yes, yes. Mercy, what an errand. I come to relieve you of the responsibility of keeping the Roger Diamond at the suggestion of my dear Abigail, Mrs. Uppington, to you, hoi polloi. Oh, yeah, that's what you say, Boomer. But I don't give that diamond to nobody but her, understand? Come, come, let us not bandy words. Hand over the sparkler, prune pit. <laughs> Must I resort to violence? <laughs> well, that's a nice resort if you can afford to stay there, Boomer. <laughs> What's your authority? Authority? The authority of the man who expects soon to be joined in matrimony to the dearest girl in all the world. Or hadn't you heard? <laughs> be very glad to have you at the ceremony, Freckleneck. <laughs> you can be a brakeman on the bride's train. <laughs> the diamond whistle stop. The diamond. Come, no, come. Nothing doing. Not unless you got a note from Mrs. Uppington authorizing me to give it to you. Why, certainly, certainly. A note. You betcha. Have a note right here. Someplace. Well, I put that note. Here's a beautiful pigskin wallet I found in the gutter with a drunk lying on top of her. <laughs> Small wiretapping outfit. Tap on the wire has saved me many a tap on the shoulder. Come on, Boomer, quit stalling. Let's see the note. Oh, yes, the note. I put that note. See, here's a set of false teeth. I'm training them to snap at pickpockets. <laughs> Periscope for looking over transoms. Very handy to locate house detectives when checking out of hotels. Look before you leap and peek before you pack. Six keys to post office boxes. When I get one more, I'll send them to Jim Farley. Seven keys to ball paid. <laughs> A check for short beer. Well, well, imagine that. No, no. <laughs> I thought so. Imagine my embarrassment. Well, I must be off. Have to see my lawyer about getting a rubber check, vulcanized. <laughs> Good day, Chimney Pop. Ah, good old Boomer. He was born in the lap of luxury, but she stood up. <laughs> That's number six. You can train your memory. Oh, now, what the... Come in. Oh, oh, Mr. McGee. Oh, hi, Abby. Well, I just got in touch with my banker, uh -huh. and he's consented to open the bank vault for me so I can put my diamond away. I'm so sorry to have troubled you, really. Oh, that's all right, Uppy. Have a chair while I try and remember where I put it. Good gracious. Don't you remember where you put it? Well, no, but, but don't worry. Oh. I've, I've taken five lessons in my memory course now, and I won't have no trouble with it. You know, where did I put that diamond? Diamond, diamond. I wonder if Oh, I... Mr. McGee, oh, please. Oh, now, if you couldn't find it, I should... Oh, it would be so... Oh, oh, I feel so faint. Oh, oh take it easy, Abby. Oh. Here, here, uh, drink this glass of water. Oh, <laughs> Mr. McGee, oh, my... <laughs> Oh, not so fast. <laughs> now you've made me swallow the ice and all. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now, just just take it easy up until till I remember where I put that diamond. Oh, try, Mr. McGee. Try. Oh, I'm so worried. Okay, okay. Now, now let me think it out by association, oh. according to lesson number two. I'll visualize it. A diamond makes me think of a ring. A ring, a bell. Bell recalls a church. Church makes me think of a wedding. Wedding. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Niagara Falls. Falls. Water. Water. Glass. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh Mr. McGee, why do you look at me like that? Puppy, are you on a diet? No. Well, this would be a good time to start. Why? You just swallowed ten carrots. <laughs> We just got a report from the hospital that Mrs. Uppington and the Diamond are both doing well. <laughs> I sure am glad I decided to do something about my memory. <laughs> I'm like the guy who joined the girl to forget the Foreign Legion. <laughs> hey, Fibber. Huh? Fred Allen used that one weeks ago. Oh, oh, but that ain't the point, Harpo. I remembered it. <laughs> Good night, folks. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night when we'll have another visit from our old friend, Zazu Pitts. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Lights Out, followed by Father Knows Best. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.